When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like a more, do a little more in depth when we get to it. But I know this one's probably like a teaser episode, which is totally fine. And it's actually a good thing. All right. I'm going to hit the intro. Let's get it going. I love it. Welcome to another live episode of the Wisco Fanatic Show, where we discuss the Packers, Bucks, Brewers, Badgers football, and basketball from an optimistic perspective. Wisco Fanatics is brought to you by Cardboard Legacy. Wisconsin's most complete sports card shop. Buy, sell, grade, and consign all at their location in Oshkosh. All righty. Welcome back. Jacob Tyler, Simon may or may not be joining us at some point. He, uh, you know, duty calls, and when the military calls, you just kind of let it go. But we do have <laughs> notes from Bryant. Bryant is also busy, but Jake and I are here for sure. So we're going to talk about the Packers' new defensive coordinator, Jeff Halfley. If you are interested, I was able to talk to one of his players from last season. I talked to Elijah Jones yesterday at the Senior Bowl after practice. Uh, got a couple uh, couple nuggets from him about Halfley. So we're gonna we're gonna get more in depth. We're gonna give some observations, uh, some expectations, and then some changes that we hope to see. So we have that for all of us. Um, Jake, what's up? How you want to get it started? Good man, good. I'm I'm glad you're doing well. You sound like you're still enjoying your time down there in Alabama. Um, just want to give a disclaimer to the people right now. There's a lot of things that are going to change over the next couple of months with this Packers team, defensive wise, scheme wise. They, you know, Gunakus, we're going to get into uh, more of his presser a little bit later as well. But you know, he was talking during the presser, talking about you know we're gonna. He wants to sure up the back end, right? So that's something that we're not going to be able to forecast right now. He does like the front seven though, so we're gonna we're gonna get into it. Do you want to start with you want to start with the DT or do you want to start with the the players? Let's do let's do players first, and then actually let's if you want to talk about Goody's press conference, we can do that first. So if you want to start with that, let's just let's start with that, and then we'll uh, the main the main focus for this show is going to be the DC. So if there's any other things you want to put out there, let's do that first. Okay, so. You want me just to talk about things that I liked from the press conference? Things that stood out, things you liked, however you want to do it, man. Well, first and foremost, you know, we've been talking about it. You were the first one on the show to put out a figure what you thought Jordan Love was going to get. And there's going to be people that are going to complain about it. And it is what it is. I'm going to tell you right now, this is the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. Quarterbacks, when you're elite and he's 25 years old and he had moments where he looked elite, he had moments where he looked like a first-year starter. You, as a GM and as a franchise – you have to lean and think positive. So all this negativity okay. that, is, that is clouding your brain, you can't have that as a GM. They saw Jordan Love be elite. They saw him go out in Dallas and absolutely tear up a number a top five defense in the NFL. You saw him win games down the stretch to, to win and get into the playoffs. So uh, as a GM, you have to pay him. He's going to get paid at least $40 million. I'm going to tell this you that Yep, and this is the thing with it too is <clears throat> his agent is going to tell you the exact same thing. Yeah. Sports agents are going to get their clients paid for yeah. what their ceiling is, not for what their potential is, not for what their, you know, what their performance is, not for what their floor is. They're going to be paid for their ceiling. 
and he has the same agent as uh, Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes from New York. And I think Jordan Loves a little bit better than Danny Dimes. I think Justin Fields is agent, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Who's that? I think Justin Fields has the same agent as well, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, he might. I think that was one of the, the part of their connection that they had week one when they were right. Playing. So that makes sense. Um, yeah, he's got a lot of work to do this offseason, that agent specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the next thing that I really like is uh, him talking about Aaron Jones coming back. He said, hey, yeah, absolutely. And if you're, if you're a Packers fan, if you're an NFL fan, that should just make you feel good. I'm really, really hoping that Aaron Jones wins the uh, – what the award? The – I don't want. I don't want to say the wrong official award. He's going to get honored at NFL okay. Honors uh, this weekend, but he's up for uh, for an award for for community service. Basically, there's three people that are up for it, so I'm really going to be cheering for him to to win that award. Um, then there was a couple other things. Really, I was focusing on the defense because that's going to be the big thing this offseason. Obviously, we. What's up, Barry? How you doing, buddy? Uh, we focused a lot on offense this year, specifically. Obviously, we watched both sides of the ball. But offense was really the, the key that we were we were focusing on. New quarterback, all these young guys, right? That, that was the talk. How is the offensive line going to hold up? Bach went down week one. so, And I think the offense is going to be fine. And he talked in the presser that he thinks he has more flexibility in free, agent than, in free agency than he's had in years past. So mm-hmm. and he was talking about the draft picks and maybe trading for a veteran player immediately, you know, and then you use context clues with him talking about the back end of the defense. Immediately, everybody's brain goes to safety, right? Because mm-hmm. that, that's that's exactly where we struggled. Now, I wouldn't be shocked <clears throat> if he went and got a corner. If he, if he likes a guy and he's like, this guy's available, this guy could play in our system, you know, we'll have Jair on one side, we'll put player A on the other side, like, He's gonna go get that guy. That's the way that it sounds to me. And then if they're if they're okay bringing Darnell Savage back on a cheap deal and maybe drafting a guy, Newbin's a very popular name for a lot of Packers fans right now, but out of Minnesota. So that would be interesting. It'll be it'll be awesome to see what he does in free agency. We haven't had this flexibility in a long time, and the Super Bowl window, as he is referenced, as Lafleur is referenced, is open right now. So we are we are open for shop. And if you watched NFL recently in the last ten years. Now is the time. Strike it now. So, floor is yours, buddy. So, when you're talking about Goody, I posted a whole a whole list of, of takeaways that I had from his press conference yesterday. Mm-hmm. As far as retention of players, he immediately shut down any trade shocks to Jair, which we've been saying for months. Yep. Um, he was actually said he was proud of the way that Jair responded to his discipline. And Matt LaFleur has said the same things. Jair has said the same things. Mm-hmm. And then the two guys that I want to bring up are Aaron Jones and David Bakhtiari. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the two things with these guys is, A, if they're back, they're going to be restructured. That's bottom line. Goody yeah. said they're already working on figures for Aaron Jones, and they're going to wait until David Bakhtiari is done with his recovery to find out what they're going to do with him. Now, if they decide to bring him back and restructure him, and same with goals with Aaron Jones, if they want to restructure their deals that give them like massive incentives for games played where they can earn up to – you know, what their current contracts are based on games played and statistics and things like that and depth of the playoff run, 1,000% on board with that. Yep. This team is better with those two when they are healthy. Any team in the NFL would be better with those two on their team if they are healthy. That's no, no discussion needs to be had after that. 100%. Bottom line. <clears throat> uh, you mentioned the free agency and then 
Gutekunst, like you said, with the five picks in the first two days of the draft, he said it gives them flexibility. He listed three different potential options with that. They can draft all five guys, mm-hmm. they can trade up, or they could trade for a veteran, like you said. So there's three there's three things there that they can do. Um, Barry said he's done with football realistically according to his health standpoint. I don't think that's the case. He's in his early 30s. I don't think it's a case that he's done with football. And, you know, he keeps fighting to get back on the field. You saw the photo late in the year when he was with the guys and they were all sitting on the – looked like a table or something that holds equipment. And they're all just laughing, having good times. He loves being one of the guys. He loves competing. He's ultra competitive. He played D1 football. He's played in the NFL at the highest level. You don't just give that up if you feel like you got more to give. So Bakhtiari, if healthy, and I don't care what anybody says, you, you could take your numbers and shove them up your ass. He's one of the top three left tackles in the league when healthy. So if you're telling me that you don't want that to protect a quarterback that you're about to hand $40 million a year to, you're drunk. <laughs> and there would be a there would be a line of teams – interested in bringing him in the Jets would be instantly the number one yeah they would instantly number one um but like I said any team in the NFL as far as Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones are concerned any team in the NFL would be better having those two on their roster Mm -hmm. if they're healthy so like I said I'm I'm totally fine giving them you know incentive deals that could make them highest paid among their positions if they're healthy for the entire season and the Packers make a playoff run uh, Barry said the Packers should hire him on the coaching staff if he can't play. I'm not even going to entertain that because I still want him as a as a left tackle. I agree. Okay. Now, <clears throat> as we get into talking about the defensive coordinator, you're looking at the free agents. Um, just off off the list, are there any guys specifically that you see on that list um, that you would be interested in trying to retain uh, based on this new defensive coordinator hire? So here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna go by position. And we're going to go through this. So Keyshawn Nixon, I'm going to tell you, I am. I, I would be interested to see him in this new system. It would be interesting to see if if Halfley can unlock a new a new, you know, level with Nixon. Plus, I do like him on special teams. Maybe he had some questionable decision making at times, but he still is electric when he has the ball in his hands. You still have to worry about it, right? Uh, Robert Rochelle. Not really. Let me say. Let uh, me just. Let me. Let me interject on Nixon real quick. I'm going to be honest with you. I am fine with it either way. Yeah, me too. If I mean, they, I'm if not they keep him good. If they let him go, that's okay. We'll, we'll have guys that can fill those roles. I agree. Um, Jonathan Ford is interesting. He is interesting. He played really, really well, but he was injured for a lot of the year. It felt like too. So, for that being the case. I would say no, because you 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 have all these draft picks. You could you could probably draft a rookie that's close to mm. John Ford. I, I would be interested in maybe doing something like a futures deal. Yeah, maybe something like that. Uh, just because, as we'll talk about with Halfley, um, the Packers are probably going to go to four down linemen. They are. They're they're going to play a lot of four down. He he has some three man fronts from what I've been reading, and is right. about him. He has some stuff up his sleeve, man. This guy. Is extremely smart. Um, you have, I mean, never mind. I'm not going to get into yep. it. Free agents you first. Free agents first. You, just, you started peeling back, and I was like, ah, now I want to talk about it. <laughs> so the next guy that I'm going to talk about is Darnell Savage. And for me, I say a one-year deal under the new co- coaching regime. I think, you know, because 
LaFleur told all the defensive coaches they could pursue other opportunities. They're basically cleaning house and starting from scratch. So LaFleur saying, okay, offense, I got this. I'm going to hire a guy that I know is smart enough and is an alpha male in the room, can control the room, can be a leader. He can control that. That's that's what he wants. So Mm -hmm. being a leader of men is a tough thing for some people, but obviously – uh, coach Halfley being a head coach uh, for, for Boston College since 2020, uh, he could be a leader of men, right? Um, you bring up so, staff. He's a guy who's done hiring and firing, so he right. can be part of that. Right. So you could you can tell, you know, Matt LaFleur can tell Goody, like, hey, you and Halfley figure out the defensive staff, and I'm going to help take this offense to even the next level. Yeah, that's that's actually insane. Um, so I would say 100% yes, bring bring him back, especially the last couple of weeks. He was really, really balling. I'm uh, like I'm like 75-25 on Savage back. That's that's fair. That's, I'm I'm okay with that. You want to? Yeah, I'll, I'll read Michael's comment. Okay. Uh, Michael said, if Bakhtiari comes back, I'll be shocked, but I love your incentive-laden idea. Jones will be back. We hope we can extend another year, maybe two. Need to draft a solid number two to compete with Wilson, either Benson, Shipley, or Marshall, dude. Our offense didn't go when Jones wasn't available as it did without him. And we'll, we're, we're going to cover running backs in this year's draft uh, as a position of need. Um, when we do our free agency episode, A.J. Dillon will absolutely be a part of that, <clears throat> and we'll have we'll have discussions, possibly tough discussions about A.J. Dillon. But we've been pretty, pretty forthcoming with our thoughts that the Packers could move on from A.J. Dillon. Um, and we'll cover running backs in our draft prep. And I actually talked to uh, the Marshall dude that you brought up, Rasheen Ali. He looked fantastic. And then, unfortunately, he tore a muscle in his bicep. Um, but he is expected to be ready for the season. It's just a bummer that he won't be able to do the combine or probably uh, a good chunk of training camp, which is a bummer because, like I said, he looked great. He looked great on day one of, of practice. So I hope he can get back. He could be a late-round guy now. Yeah. Um, um, Dylan Lowey from New Hampshire is also a guy who looked pretty good as a potential dual threat and was taking punt return reps. So definitely really? going to have an eye on him when I start getting into running backs. But, um, yeah, running back is definitely going to be on the position of need list. 100%. So the last guy I want to bring up, really the last guy that's kind of an impact guy on this, is Jonathan Owens. And he's interesting because I thought he played really, really good when he got closer to the line of scrimmage. And – the more I was reading and the more I was watching on Halfley, he likes to play a Viper linebacker. That's basically, you know, like the new age, they turn a safety into a linebacker. And mm. I think that Owens could fill that role. I'm not going to lie. I think he's smart enough. I think he understands run concepts. And I think that he would be a really, really good guy to be a Viper linebacker. Uh, he could cover. He could defend the run. You could blitz him. I think he'd be interesting. Um I don't know if I'd bring him back though. He'd probably be pretty cheap, to be honest with you. But and yeah, that's that's the fair part that he would probably be cheap. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna say Savage or Owens. I'm gonna say one or the other. That's fair because they're going to add to the safety room, and it's going to be either an early draft pick that they're going to put on the field, or it's going to be a free agent or trade for a veteran that is going to be a higher profile than Jonathan Owens. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna wanna. They're going to want an established veteran back there for sure. Right. Or a high pedigree rookie. Yeah, agreed. And let me throw this out there on, on safeties is while we're talking about guys who can potentially, you know, come into the box. I'm actually really, really interested 
to see if they could maybe use Anthony Johnson Jr. in a role like that. Ooh. Because we saw him smack Ooh. some tight ends during this season and lay the wood a little bit. So having a guy who can kind of do that hybrid, yeah. Anthony Johnson Jr. could be a guy that when Halfley gets his hands on him, could potentially be in line for a really big jump in development. That's interesting. I didn't even consider that. That's interesting. I think Anthony Johnson Jr., whew, that guy, if, if there's one thing he likes to do, he likes hitting people, and that's great. <laughs> that is a great thing. <clears throat> All right. Do you want to you want to get into some observations here? I can uh, I'll pull up Bryant's and I'll read his off. Yeah, um, go ahead. So I'll start with Bryant's his observations. Let's do observations first. Bryant's observation number one: he is essentially the opposite of Joe Barry. Aggressive press coverage clog the middle of the field, and this goes true to to what I said about when I talked to Elijah Jones yesterday at the Senior Bowl. He said mm-hmm. he is aggressive. You don't want to let things come to you and react. So that's that's exactly what Elijah Jones said yesterday. So I agree with Bryant on observation number one. Observation number two Bryant has is he has a lot of experience working with some prominent defensive coordinators. He has worked with Robert Sala and Kyle Shanahan, Aaron Glenn and Bobby Babich, who the Packers also interviewed for the D.C. position, were assistants under Hayfley. They are now both defensive coordinators in the NFL. And his third observation is he turned around the Ohio State defense in one year before going to Boston College. He will put the players in the best positions to succeed. I like that. I like that. All right. What do you got for observations? All right. So number one, and this is the most important thing, especially when you're trying to establish, you're trying to set a tone, right? And the thing that I love the most about Jeff Halfley is his energy. That guy, oh, man, it's like when we talk about Fick, right? Mm-hmm. I can – Coach Fick could get me to, to convince me I could run through a brick wall. <laughs> Physically, it is impossible. But that man could could put it in my head that I could do it. And that's just the kind of leader that I think that we're getting on the defensive side of the ball here with Jeff. Um, just an absolute just dog. He's a dog, dude. Uh, I watched some of him being mic'd up when he was the D.C., for mm-hmm. Ohio State on Big Ten Network. Did you see that as well? I saw it as well, yep. And he was really – he was vital to their their turnaround because that Ohio State team the year before was ranked in the 70s in a lot of major categories, and he got them ranked in the top three in, in most of them. You want to know the quote that, uh, that I that I pulled from that when he was mic'd up? What's that? He's telling his guys, take the field with an attitude, let them know what's coming all day long. Yep. And Fly around, play with energy, play with confidence. Dude. If this, oh my God, you want to talk about, and I know that there was reports out there that the Packers offered or the job, right? Yeah. But also to me, this almost feels like a like a a perfect second option. I don't know what to what else how to phrase it. But you know what? I, it I don't even know that it's a second option. I mean, it's possible that that they knew, you know, that or told them he was going to take the defensive coordinator job. But the Packers hired Halfley before the Ravens promoted or. That's fair. Um, Michael said prior to the hire, I knew nothing about Halfley. I'm 100 percent behind the decision now, just knowing we will be more aggressive and dictate our will onto the offense instead of taking punches and bend don't break a various defense. And I understand the logic of the bend don't break thing. We've talked about it during the season. Um, one other thing that. Uh, I got from a post game interview from Jeff Halfley was 
He said defensive football is about lining up, having your eyes in the right place, running as hard and as fast as you can, and tackling. Oh, dude. I was going to bring that up, but I knew you were going to already. All right. I'll let you get back to your observations. Because I, I sent you, I sent you a picture, that. did I not? Oh, my God. <laughs> a guy that has uh, emphasis on tackling is like, yep, I'm on board. I'm with you. Bro, he has an evidence on playing with confidence and running around and playing with an attitude. What are all the things that we've been talking about this season with the Absolutely. defense? And you could tell the difference when that team was playing with confidence. Look at look at the Lions game at Thanksgiving. Look at the, the game against the Chiefs. Game. Okay? Those are two games where they were running around and they were dictating the pace of that game. I'll say this, too. Let me say the, the, the Vikings and the Bears game leading into the Cowboys game. Yeah, that, that team was playing – at such a high level, it was insane. Yep. So I love his energy. I think mm-hmm. his energy is going to be infectious, and I think it's going to set a tone for this defense. And <laughs> I don't know about you, but I don't really want, <laughs> if I'm an offense, I don't want Rashawn Gary and Jair Alexander playing with confidence because they're they're all pro-type players. Mm-hmm. You can throw Kenny Clark in there as well if you really mm-hmm. want to. I mean, there's a couple guys that I think are fringe potential, Quay Walker, LVN, but – We'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. So the next thing that I like is I really, really love the four-man fronts because I was doing a lot of research on this. And he likes to play two tight ends, one defensive tackle, one nose tackle. Can, now, I, can I toot my own horn real quick? What's up? Did I not bring up way like in the middle of the season, potentially going back to a four-man front? You did. You, you said you wanted to play a 4-3. And I was a little worried about it, but after – after doing some research and, and, and reading some more things, I'm okay with it. I like it. Um, I just had to pat myself on the back. <laughs> I'd pat you on the back, but you're all the way in Alabama. <laughs> uh, he likes to play his DNs in five techniques. So that's just outside the shoulders of the tackles. So you still have outside contain. You can still control uh, the C-gaps. And then he likes to play his D-tackle in, in three techs. That's the tight end side. So if you're in a 12 personnel and the tight end's on the right, that means a D tackle is playing a three tech. That is in between the tackle and the guard, right? And then he likes to play his nose tackle on one tech. That's between the center and the guard on the weak side. So now you have all those gaps covered. The middle linebacker is taking the other A gap. And then you have a, a Sam and a Will linebacker. And, man, if you want to talk about a team that's spending first-round picks on, on defense and they got talent, they got guys that can run with anybody, it's the Packers. This is a, this was a very attractive job to a lot of defensive player uh, coordinators. So mm-hmm. I think the four-man front is going to do wonders if they can figure out the safety position, which obviously right. Goot is going to put a lot of hours in. Right. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is a quote from Richard Sherman, who Packers fans were not really a fan of, you know, immediately after our loss. But in a 4-3, where would Gary Preston line up? I sure see LVN as an end. Would Gary and Preston be ends or linebackers? Let me tell you something real quick. Gary and LVN have experience lining up inside. I would absolutely not be shocked if there is a lineup where LVN is in a D tackle and Gary is next to him and, and next to him on the other side is Kenny Clark because that is filthy. That is let filthy. Me, let me throw this out there. You have to go all the way back to the after the 2020 season when me, you, and Josh talked about free agents. Oh my God. And we were talking about defensive ends. And I put Preston Smith in my list as a defensive end. Yeah. So I, I think Preston Smith is a guy who could be hybrid as well. And I think that he's going to come out <clears> with some <throat> five man fronts because we have the ability 
to have a five-man front with Gary and Preston with their hand on the ground mm-hmm. and maybe having Gary stand up or Preston stand up. And you can do different looks with this kind of stuff, right? We have that versatility. And which is Goody what, said the word versatility like six times yesterday in his press conference. I know. And, and versatility is such a it's such a buzzword now in sports, mm-hmm. but yep. you have to be versatile. And that's yep. what makes this era of sports so great is in basketball, you have to be a two-way player, right? In baseball, they talk about being a five-tool player and playing multiple positions on defense. In football, if you're if you're a guy who rushes the rushes the passer. You have to be able to do it with your hand in the ground, standing up. You have to protect outside. You have to defend the run. You have to pressure the quarterback. You have to be able to drop back in zone coverage. There's a lot of stuff that you can do with a four-man front that we haven't seen since 2009, right? So we're about to get back into it, and it's going to be great. So real quick, I just wanted to talk about something that Richard Sermon said when he was asked about Halfley. And two things that really, really stuck out to me. One, he said that Halfley is a great fit with the Packers. And two, sorry, go on with your Sherman quote. He loved playing for Halfley. Yes, thank you. And he did. He, ta- he he was touching on that. He was talking about how he loved playing with him because he said, I think Half is a great coach that focuses on details, always has a great plan and adjustments. And adjustments. And adjustments. When I tell you that I almost cried when he said and adjustments, I was like, oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> because if these guys are running the ball on us and we adjust to take away the run, I'm going to be very happy in the second quarter. You're going to love the change that quarter. I bring up when I when we get the changes. You're going to love it. Oh, my gosh. I was so happy when he said and adjustments. Because you, you can have a great scheme. Barry had yep. good schemes sometimes. Yeah. And we had good moments. And Goot said that as well. Goot yep. said we had good moments. Yeah. We did have good moments. But yep. we didn't adjust. And that was that was kind of the thing that people were going at LaFleur for, and people were going at Barry for not adjusting, you know, and, and that is gonna be such a major like culture change for this defense is being like, all right, guys, I know I told you that we're going to defend the outside zone. They're not running the outside zone, they're killing us on the inside. We're gonna focus on these A gaps and B gaps, and that's what we're that's what we're gonna take away from now on. Boom, that's an adjustment. Huh. I oh, I literally almost cried, dude. I was dude, so I, have, I have tons of quotes for you. You're gonna love them. I'm ready, but yeah, you go ahead and your observations. That that's what I got, buddy. All right. So, Coach Halfley was on a show called Next Up with Adam Brenneman, and it was an hour long. I watched the entire one hour thing, and I have quotes written down, things that he said. Um, when it comes to this, was actually about where he was at D at uh, BC. His quote said, I, w- I just want to coach football. So he wanted to take a more active role at Boston College in the defense and in the defensive backs. To me, and this goes to his NFL experience, which Jake can, can bring up, is that defense is where his heart is. Yep. Um, he brought up many, many times he values high-character players, and obviously it goes a little bit more with college, um, emphasizing guys that fit in on campus as well as in the locker room. And then he said, everything we do, we talk about being for the team. I want smart guys who are tough and reliable. Uh, He put a huge, I underlined this three times, huge emphasis on preparation during the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, to be prepared for Saturdays. 
So to me, that preparation part of it is going to be huge. And it kind of shows in that Richard Sherman quote that you brought up that he's going to have guys ready to play uh, versus different uh, teams because of what he does during the week, because they've seen it during the week. Mm. Um, So he worked with Robert Sala. He worked with D'Amico Ryans. He worked with Mike McDaniel. He worked with Kevin O'Connell, the head coach of the Vikings. He worked with Kyle Shanahan. Uh, He worked with Ryan Day in San Francisco and then followed him to Ohio State. Um, the thing that he took away from those guys was work ethics. He said, grind, study, be demanding, have great relationships with your players, hold people accountable, and not be afraid of confrontation. Those are all good things. Those are all good qualities. Uh, I would not disagree with anything he said there. (laughs) Um, All right, here we go. You're going to love this. When talking about defense, his quote, I have a pretty solid core of what I believe in, but I also think you need to continue to adapt and to grow. Even at Boston College, he would watch NFL film to keep up with trends of what NFL defenses were doing. Oh, man. I'm – oh, man. Is it, is it September? <laughs> <laughs> um, so he runs a system that has a lot of single high safety and mm-hmm. uh, four down linemen. Um. That helps keep an extra guy in the box to help stop the quarterback run game. So as soon as I heard that, I'm like, that could have made a huge difference in the Giants game. Yeah, Tommy DeVito was not, you know, he's not a run first quarterback, but he was able to run. He that's what he brought up. Third downs, crucial situations. The quarterbacks in the NFL, when they don't have things, they're going to run, even if they're not run first guys. Yeah. So that to me is something that stood out, uh, especially if we get to a point with. Whatever the Bears do at quarterback, whether they keep Fields or draft Caleb Williams, those guys are going to be athletic. Yep. If the Lions eventually go from Jared Goff to Hendon Hooker, he is athletic. Yep. Whatever the hell the Vikings end up doing, it is what it is. If it ends up being Kirk Cousins, you're still looking at two of your three division opponents having mobile athletic quarterbacks in the next two or three years. I heard they're in on Jaden Daniels, man. I heard they're trying to go get him. <sighs> That would be interesting, actually. That would be a filthy combo with, with Jefferson, Jefferson and Addison and yeah. Hawkinson. And Hawkinson, yeah. Um, Michael said, J.K. had a very important factor. Defensive culture change is something that's been needed for a long time. And that could be. And that could be why they brought in a guy that's younger, bringing you know, a different philosophy. Um, so with this, you kind of mentioned it already, talking about versatility. I think personally this could be a home run hire for the development of Lucas Van Ness because he's got that versatility, which we talked about when the Packers drafted him, Mm -hmm. stand up and rush as an outside linebacker or put his hand in the ground and rush as a defensive end. Now going to a potential 4-3 with some three-man fronts mixed in, dude, LVN could absolutely flourish under Hatfleet. Dude, this hire was like literally almost made for him. Seriously. I, do, I strongly agree with you. This <laughs> Seriously, when I say this, like the versatility that Lucas Van Ness possesses in a system like Halfley's where he can be used in versatile ways, seriously, he could be just massive impact next year. Mm-hmm. So I have that. And then he actually said that he knew at Boston College he'd have to be able to develop underrated guys. Uh, because he wasn't always going to get you know the five-star recruits or be the biggest in the transfer portal, have the most money to offer, NIL, all of that. So he knew he would have to be able to take guys 
who, you know, might be two, three stars and be able to. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply develop them and then keep them from going to the bigger schools. So development of younger players is something I think Halfley will be good with. Um, and if Goody decides to keep all five of his picks and, uh, in the first two days and spend some of them on defense, I'm totally okay with that. If the Packers don't use them to trade up or use them to trade for a veteran, because I think Halfley can be a developmental coach and all of his college experience as well. Being a guy who's done college and NFL, I think he'll be able to seamlessly fit into those relationships with those guys and be able to just continue, you know, the relationships um, of relating to players coming out of college and into the NFL. Yeah, I think the experience in both is definitely going to benefit him. So I agree mm-hmm. with that as well. Uh, then he talked about adversity. Now, this absolutely applies to fans as well as it applies to football players and coaches. So listen up. (laughs) You find out about yourself. You find out about your coaches. You find out about your team. You find out who the real guys are. Pointing fingers is easy. Changing coaches in the middle of the year. Stepping in and taking over things. Switching positions is easy. That covers all of the bases of when things aren't going ideally. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm. I'm gonna leave that alone for right now. Uh, I'm I think it stands it. on its own. I really do. Yep. Yep. I mean, I I can clip it. I can let people listen to it again, and if it applies to you or makes you think about you, great. And I think everybody should take a kind of a thought about that when it comes to adversity, not just for sports, not just for the Packers, not just for the Bucks or the Brewers or the Badgers, whatever it may be, anything. Life in general as well. Apply it. All right. You ready to talk some expectations? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to start with Bryant's again. Um, Bryant's <laughs> expectations, number one, versatile. That's his first one that he's got. Uh, perfect. We've spent a lot of time talking about versatility already. He will use schemes based on the opponent and make adjustments in the game. Number two, I expect a lot more aggression. Barry would get beat by a thousand cuts. This defense will not be like that. Halfley likes to clog the middle of the field and play single high safety. To beat this defense, you will have to hit your shots and beat us outside the numbers. Very excited to see Quay Walker in this defense. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So, are you sure you weren't reading off my paper? <laughs> Michael said Jake made another solid point. Not that I want to skip the rest of basketball or baseball season, but could September hurry up and get here? 
Honestly, I'm gonna be excited to see like what what uh what kind of sound bites and and things we get from practices in July and August. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. Um yeah, I'm not trying to skip the Bucks either. Um I don't care if they're in a rough patch. I trust that talent. Uh, mm. Badgers are still elite. I know that uh it's still uh still hurts a little bit after last night, but this team's yeah. still one of one of the better teams and they're still leading the Big Ten. So yep. um definitely don't want to just skip forward, but Everybody, everybody that knows me knows I love my Green Bay Packers, man. But the first thing that I'm going to expect, things I expect, is aggression. And, Tyler, after three years, how many rants have I went on about our defense playing soft as baby shit, dude? Or not having attitude? Oh, my God. I You like your attitude, guys. I know you do. That's why you like TJ. That's why you like Jair. Bro, I – and – a lot of people, this take it for what you want, people. I like players that talk shit, okay? Because that person goes on the field, and they're going on the field for a purpose. Now, when Jair goes on the field and he's raising his hands up and he's saying he's locking you down and he says it's a sword, I don't know what's going on anymore. But I like that because he's going on the field and he he is manifesting what he wants, okay? So I've always I've always been that way in my life, too. Man, I don't care what I'm doing. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, and that's what I'm going to do. Okay, that, that's how it works. I was so sick and tired of watching this defense, and it wasn't just Joe Barry, okay? And I want people to get out of that mindset. It's not just Joe Barry. Mm-hmm. We were pretty bad under Petten at times, too. We were pretty bad on under Dom Capers at times, too. Mm-hmm. So this team is going to play with an attitude, and they're going to play with an edge. And, man, we've talked about it a million and one times. We used to love watching the Badgers because they play, play defense. And you brought up something that Halfley said where he said his heart is on defense. So is mine. I love defense. I love defense more than anything in this entire world. I love watching the Bucks play good defense. I love watching the Badgers basketball, Badgers football. Defense is what I love. Now, offense is beautiful. Offense is beautiful, man. I will not deny that. An Aaron Rodgers pass, 45 yards on the field, it hit somebody in stride. Jordan Love throwing a sidearm, that's beautiful. Giannis, Giannis doing a Euro step or a spin move for a dunk, beautiful. But defense, man, that is where the men are made. I love defense so freaking much, dude, and I am so excited for this defense to hit somebody in the mouth and then let you know about it, man. I'm seriously so jacked up for this. Uh, Michael Terrell, welcome back, by the way. <laughs> Halfley said it, he said Halfley is known to make defensive changes after the QB audibles out of the first look. Okay. I like, I like that. that. When you now, when you talk about attitude and confidence, confidence being that word, you know, you kind of toe the line between confident and cocky. Mm-hmm. My thing with that, and it's something that Halfley has referenced, and when it comes to confidence like that, the thing that I come back to is the preparation. Yeah. With Halfley being a guy who obviously, when a guy like Richard Sherman says he's known for his preparation, he talks about his preparation. That is where you derive confidence from. You know, you talk, I mean, you can talk about any, any high performing person. You talk about Steph Curry, about like the amount of preparation he puts. Um, it's good to have you back, Mike. <laughs> and he talks about the amount of preparation he like, talks where he's shooting thousands of shots every single Man. week to take 10 or 15 in a game. You know, and you talk, you hear phrases like you sink to the level of your training things like that, all of those preparation type quotes 
applications, you know, examples, all of that, that's where guys derive their confidence from. If you play with confidence, knowing that you have prepared for the game you're about to play, all you have to do is rely on your instincts because you put work in on everything that you're going to see. And then you trust your preparation and that makes you play with confidence and you're not playing to react. You are playing that, you know, you are confident that you know what the other team is going to do or what they are trying to do. And you derive confidence from that preparation. So preparation and confidence with Halfley are going to go hand in hand for me. Yeah, they're definitely synonyms. Um, My second one is now I'm going to, I know that you're going to talk about LVN a little bit more, but, and I do think that Gary and LVN are going to have some great years. I think that he's going to have them prepared. He's going to have them in situations where they can succeed. They can use their athleticism and absolutely just go get quarterbacks and running backs. And dare I say they run a 180-pound wide receiver at one of these men that are going to rip their face off. Please do that. But the person that I think that will make the biggest jump this year, I almost want to make a bold prediction because I think that he could be an all-pro. I think Quay Walker is going to freaking destroy in this system, mm, dude. I like it. I really do. I like it. He could he can rush the passer. We already seen it. Mm-hmm. He can come off the edge. He can, he can blitz inside. He can defend a run. He can he could drop back in coverage. I mean, this guy literally does everything, and he's huge and he's fast and he does it all. And now you're gonna have a guy and like you're talking about, right? That's gonna have him ready for these moments, dude. <laughs> oh my God, I am so excited, and I think I really think Quay Walker has all pro potential. I agree. So. I mean, I went as far as to say that in the early parts of last season that I thought he was their best defender. And at moments, I agree that he was. Um, but, oh, man, if I just – since the hire, right, and he said he talked to play a, play a four-man front, I've just been dreaming up all these scenarios of, of who we're going to put <laughs> on the line. And, you know, imagine – like, remember, I, I always talk about what Baltimore used to do, right, mm-hmm. where they would put, like, four guys – Covering two offensive linemen and the offensive linemen are just like, I guess I'll take this one. I don't. I'm not really sure. Uh, I don't know if he's coming or not. And then they would just blitz all four through one gap, and the offensive line is just scrambling like, what the hell? Yeah, right. What do we do? And then you have a contained blitz on the other side, so the quarterback can't get out. And I mean, oh, boy, I tell you what, we about to cook. I'm really, really excited since Ben Johnson's coming back. This is a little sidebar. Since Ben Johnson's coming back to the Lions, and I think that he's a brilliant offensive coordinator, the matchup between Ben Johnson and, and Jeff Halfley is going to be must-watch TV. Talk about two guys that are just going to come. Dude, could you imagine them being like the opening matchup of the season next year? I can see Like that. Sunday night primetime, them being the first Sunday night game? I honestly could see that. You might Absolutely. be cooking. NFL, if you're watching, this is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, listen to us, NFL. <laughs> you, you, you could do it in Detroit. It doesn't matter to me. We're whooping that ass next year. Uh, Michael said, remember, though, we have another linebacker that played for Halfley. I do remember that because when I talked yeah. to Elijah Jones yesterday, he brought it up. Uh, Isaiah McDuffie played uh, at Boston College in that system. And he was uh, second team all ACC, I believe, because he, uh, he was third in the nation in – in tackles or third in ACC maybe uh, with 107. So really halfway got him drafted by the Packers. That's totally fair. <laughs> so if you think about it. <clears throat> um, you have anything else on your expectations? No, I just wrote down okay. the two because 
if I write down anymore, dude, my head might explode. I'm so excited. All right. So my number one, these aren't in any specific order, but these are just two mm-hmm. expectations that I have, mm-hmm. is I underlined this five times. Versatile safeties mm-hmm. will be brought in. Yep. And <clears throat> it could be free agency. It could be the draft. It could be keeping Savage. But keeping or bringing a guy in who can be the star position will be brought in. A guy who, like you said, can float between safety and linebacker. I'm going to throw out a super early name, and and I could easily see this guy wanting to be retained by his new head coach because he's a similar type of player. But if there's any way, shape, or form that the Packers could go get a guy like Jabril Peppers, Mm. I would be extremely interested in that. Okay. I think Jabril would be a good fit. And then, like I said, groom Anthony Johnson Jr. because he is not shy of contact. No. And he's got safety experience. So Halfley gets his hands on on Anthony Johnson Jr. as a potential uh, DB coach. I I love that potential thought of what he could grow into under Halfley in a a couple years. I'm going to read this. Michael asked on thoughts of trading for Buda Baker. You go first. Usually I answer first, but I'm okay with it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it too. Eh? Like if they do it, I'll be excited because he he obviously brings the name recognition, right? Um, I don't know. I guess my preference just lies on I guess somebody younger. If I'm being honest, yeah. Like I don't think Buddha Baker is old. Like I can pull up, I can look him up quick. What is he? Twenty eight, twenty nine, maybe. 27, maybe? He's 27 to 29. He's got to be in that range, right? Buda Baker is 28. Good call. 28, okay. So, I'd be okay with it. Um, experience, he's a good Jabil player. Peppers is also 28, so I guess I just contradicted myself. But Okay. Um, that, shit. Let's get Jabril Preppers and Buda Baker. How about that? Man. How about that? Buda Baker could be the, the single high. He's really good at, at single high coverage. So. Yeah, Darnell Savage and fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I Respectfully, love of course. Uh, I, <laughs> I love Darnell, but if, if we can replace Darnell with Buda Baker, I think I'm on board with that. Yeah. I, I think 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 Buda Peppers because he was a, a linebacker in college that converted to safety in the NFL. So right. that's why I bring that up as a hybrid guy. Yep. Um, man, Michael said, I'd love to see Packers go after Sidney Brown from the Eagles. He played Rover a lot at safety at Illinois. I liked him in the draft. I actually liked him at Illinois, to be honest with you. Uh, um, I'll throw this out there. He did get cooked a couple times late in the season, and that could be because of the defense, the defensive coordination late in the season by the Eagles was completely garbage and trash all at the same time. Yeah. Um, but He's, he's going to be a second-year player, so I don't know what the Eagles are going to be like. No, we're not going to keep him. Yeah, especially a team that has a lot of older players, and they're going to be going through a lot of changes in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, Brandon Graham. I mean, you got Fletcher Cox. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you got a bunch of guys in the O-line. I mean, that team is that team is tinkering with right. – and they think they, have, they paid their quarterback, and they think they have an elite quarterback, and they're about to find out real quick that they don't. <laughs> Let me tell you this. The the Eagles scouts that I saw this week spent a lot of time watching Michael Penix Jr. Did they really? Mm-hmm. 
day one, the dude was fucking on the ground with a camera, like watching, like and filming everything he did. Interesting. So I don't know if maybe they're thinking draft and stash Michael Penix Jr., but they were watching him closely. Huh. That's noteworthy. I like that. All right. Um, so getting back to my second expectation. Yeah. The Packers will draft a defensive lineman with one of their first five picks, maybe two. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. And, you know, I think I've been pretty vocal on liking both Carl Wooden, Carl Wooden, Carl Brooks and Colby Wooden. And we we saw TJ take a really big step forward, and Kenny Clark is obviously in the Pro Bowl. But I think when it comes to building depth like they have at a position like wide receiver – Mm-hmm. I do think the Packers will probably look to bring in a potentially more high-profile defensive lineman. So I think they will invest one of their top five picks in a defensive lineman. Wow, you know, you know my stance on controlling the line of scrimmage. So I'm never gonna, I'm never ever, I will never ever. Uh, you could, you could take this to the bank, man. I will never disagree with drafting a player on the D line or O line. I will never disagree with that. Because if you do not win that line of scrimmage, you are not winning that football game. I don't give a shit who your quarterback is. It better be better be Tom Brady with some rocket boosters on his feet or something. Because if he's if he's getting rushed all game and he can't see his receivers or a defense, you can't get pressure on their quarterback or stop their run. You're done. The 49ers did it to the Packers. They had four down linemen that could get pressure by themselves. And it gave the 49ers the luxury of dropping seven guys into coverage. I want that for the Packers. You can go back. Look at the Buccaneers when they won the title, when they came in Lambeau. They were rushing four. Look and at still the, getting pressure. You, get, you can go back to – let's go back to the Giants teams that were beating the Patriots in the Super Bowls and beating us in the playoffs. They were rushing four. You know, Osi Umanura and Michael Strahan and, and – and, 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 is it Justin – Tuck, Justin Tuck. I didn't want to say Tucker. I don't want to say Tucker. It was Justin Tuck. Um, they were rushing four back then too, and they were getting home. So being having that for your defense, rushing four and, and dropping seven back is just such a luxury. Um Michael said third round, I like LSU tackle Mason Smith. Uh, dude was a beast against the Badgers in the bowl game. James said, hopefully Halfley has a few new position coaches. Recall Matt LaFleur said they had no options to replace Barry. Doesn't that mean remaining coaches can't be defensive coordinators? I think that means that the remaining coaches didn't have defensive coordinators. You know, like guys that they didn't feel comfortable to call defenses because they didn't have experience doing so. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think that necessarily means that even though Matt LaFleur told guys that they're able to go look for other other opportunities, that they won't bring any of those guys back. I just think they're giving out potential uh, potential opportunities for Halfley to bring guys in. And like I said, I could see Matt LaFleur just going to Goody and be like, you and Halfley, pick who you want. Because mm-hmm. like I said, Halfley with that head coaching experience has experience hiring and firing guys. Mm-hmm. He's obviously worked a shit ton of places, so he's got connections with guys and can maybe you know pick pieces from here and there from his days in San Francisco and Cleveland and Tampa Bay. And Ohio State. State and be able to bring in a collective of guys that is a new coaching staff. Uh, Michael brought up, don't leave out Johnny Newton. I know I'm showing my Illini fandom, and I am on board with it. I'm he's totally a good player. Him. He's a good player. He's he's a he's a game changer at times. 
He was he was whooping the Badgers' ass in that game. Mm-hmm. Oh, was that Fertney? Was he beating Michael Fertney? I don't, I don't know. It looked like he was kind of beating anybody he lined up across. Yeah, he, he was he was kicking their ass. Yeah, uh, so he, he's I would totally player. be on board with the Packers bringing in Johnny Newton. Totally yeah, on board. I agree with that as well. Um, so you want to get into some changes that we hope to see? I will read. Uh, I will read Bryant's first. Okay. Bryant said, "Change the attitude. I want them to walk on the field believing they are the best unit on the field of the two teams." I like it. I like it too. Okay. What's your What's your hope that you see to change? All right. So for a long time, the national media, rival fans, and even some of our own Green Bay Packer fans have really clowned the Packers defense. And something that I really hope changes is the outlook on this defense. You know, you can get those guys in the locker room to believe. I think the real mega change that that could really be show your effect is if you get people on the outside talking about you, like that oh, yeah, like like oh, okay, Packers got a defense now. You know they got, they found their quarterback last year. They got a defense now. Like th- th- things are getting interesting up in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Goody talked about it's about winning a championship, and what is the oldest quote in the book, Tyler? Defense wins championships. Defense wins championships, buddy. Let's go get one. All right. You ready? You're gonna you're gonna love this, dude. Let's get it. The change that I hope to see is adaptation. Ah. Okay, I'll win it. I, I hope to see the Packers be able to adjust to teams who run the ball well and to teams who pass the ball well. Even if it means that they allow a little bit of the opposite, but to take away the opponent's strengths. I won't be mad if the Packers end up eight to tenth in rushing yards and passing yards if they're performing well week to week. If they force a team like the Bears, for example, who over the last couple of years have been a really good running team, if they shut down the Bears' run game and they pass for 250 yards, but they also throw two interceptions, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I do. I've said this multiple times. I do not give a shit about yards. Yeah. When it comes to points, takeaways, momentum, things like that. So if the Packers aren't, you know, like number one in pass defense or number one in run defense or top five in both, whatever your expectations may be for a new defensive coordinator, I don't care about the yards. If you are taking away your opponent's strengths and winning football games, I do not give a singular shit about yards. So adapting to your opponent's strengths and making them play outside their comfort zone. Adaptation is the biggest change that I hope to see. I like it. I think we all have some good changes, some good things to expect. Um, Truthfully, like I said in the beginning of the episode, man, there's going to be a lot of stuff that we don't even know about, and we're going to have to wait and see approach. Uh, The draft is definitely going to get way more interesting now. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, as these these pieces kind of fall into place, we'll get more clarity into what's going to happen up in Green Bay, but the training camp's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, the season's going to be interesting. But I think Jeff, overall, and how classic was it that immediately when it was announced that half of the people were like, who? And the other half were like, what the hell? Classic Packers. Like, maybe wait a sec. Listen, 
My thoughts on that is because he wasn't one of the prominently interviewed guys, whereas if he was like the second or third guy that they interviewed, they'd be like, oh, okay, because they've already been envisioning it. Because the Packers hired a guy that that wasn't like widely reported that they even interviewed, I think that's what gave people negative feelings because they didn't already know that he was a candidate. But like, it's the same way in the draft, right? All Mm -hmm. these – sorry, I'm going to say it. A lot of people are sheep, okay? And you got these people on NFL Network, mm-hmm. ESPN, and all these other networks mm-hmm. that are like, this is my first-round projection. And mm-hmm. all these all these fans that don't put in the work and, and research these guys, they see a name. So they get attached mm-hmm. to that name, okay? And then they go to this website and they see this name. So then you're starting to see some consistency between one, two, <clears throat> maybe three different names. Mm-hmm. And when it's not that guy, everybody freaking freaks out. Do you guys realize how wrong these guys are? Most of the time. At least half admit the time. I love sports. You want to know why? I can give my opinion and think that I'm right, and you can't dispute some of it. I can say this guy's going to fit in perfectly with the Green Bay Packers. And mm-hmm. you know what? If he doesn't get drafted by the Packers, my opinion could still stand. Yep. And this is, let me throw this out there too, is people doing mock drafts. The mock drafts that you do on Pro Football Network is not going to be any sort of remotely close to how the actual NFL draft goes. Not even close. So if you're like, oh, I've been drafting, um, let's say, Joe Alt. He's going to be a top 10 pick at tackle. Oh, I've been drafting Joe Alt at 25. He's been falling to be in mock drafts. Stop doing that. The, the and We're going to do mock draft shows. But it's yep. going to be to talk about what different things can happen in a draft because nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody yeah. saw the Lions drafting Jameer Gibbs at number 12 last year. That, that's exactly what I was going to bring up. Nobody saw him drafting Jack nobody Campbell in the first round. Exactly. So teams are going to do what they want to do, not what you yep. think they're going to do, not what the internet thinks they're going to do, and not what other analysts tell you they think they're going to do. That's why we are going to cover probably 10 tackles, seven guards slash centers, probably do 10 to 15 running backs, probably 10 linebackers, 10 Mm -hmm. safeties, and 10 cornerbacks, and then do mock drafts where now that over the last four weeks of March and April that we've talked about 200 players, now we're looking at 10 to 12 that we think actually end up on the Packers based on, like we said, doing these mock drafts, but mm-hmm. when I say that we are going to do mock drafts, we know that this isn't how they're going to turn out. Yeah. But we'll explore different things like if the Packers trade up, what it would cost to trade up. If they drafted defense in the first round, if they drafted offense in the first round, if they drafted a lineman versus a running back versus a defensive lineman versus a corner versus a safety. If they were to trade for guys, if they were to sign guys in free agents, there are so many variables that it does not pay to set your mind on one player for the first round or one candidate for defensive coordinator, that if it doesn't happen, you're going to lose your mind because it's not the guy you've been envisioning in the role or in the pick for the last two months. I feel like I should have been able to like edit a chef hat on you right there because you were cooking, dude. <laughs> you were literally just cooking right there. I love that. That was awesome. Good job. <laughs> but I agree with everything you said. Nobody really knows. Um, 
it's like just game adaptation is the change that I hope to see. Yeah, (laughs) apply it to yourself. Yeah, you know, everybody has their own opinion on things, and you know, if if you still don't like the hire, I mean, that's fine. If you're a wait and see kind of person, that's fine too. I am in some certain areas as well, but just know that I think this is going to be a positive move. I don't think that there's there's any negativity that could be looked at during this move. I think this is going to be a really big positive for this franchise. And if if last offseason you you thought it was doomsday, we were going back to the 80s, you are you are very wrong. What's up? about the myth and the, the legend and Jake. And Jake? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Good night. See you later. He said you're a legend, too. Settle down. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> but, and, and to your point, is it goes along with what we've we've talked about in the stance that we have as a show is taking the optimistic approach first and if things don't go ideally then a looking for positive takeaways and b looking for the opportunities to grow from them as opposed to taking the pessimistic approach calling yourself quote unquote realistic and then waiting for something good to happen to save your shitty attitude i agreed that is a horrible fucking way to go through life in my opinion yeah, don't do that. To to just sit and be negative and to be like, oh, I'd rather protect myself from being disappointed. Train yourself to learn how to handle adversity, like Jeff Halfley said, instead of trying to just constantly have a shitty attitude and waiting for something good to happen to save your mentality. I'm going to tell you right now, those people who have that attitude, they're probably not fun in life because they're already scared. They're They're scared of life. They're scared of experiencing things. They're scared of trying new things. Those people suck overall in general. Don't suck, okay? Be awesome. Be 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 adaptative <laughs> yourself. Quote of the day. Quote of the day. Don't suck. Be awesome. Don't, don't suck. I mean, my God. It, it's it's okay to to try new things. It's okay to be open. It's okay to it's okay to fail. It's, it's okay. Everybody to, fails. It's okay to hope that things are gonna work out in the best way. But you know what? If you go in there and you give it your best shot, man, that's all you can ask for. And it sounds super cliche. And I know that you probably said that to your son or your daughters at, at a certain point in your life, but it's so true. It's, most of the things that you say to your kids are true, man. Give it your best shot. Give it if you give me everything. Like I tell my kids all the time, if not, I don't have 10 kids. I coach a basketball team. <laughs> if you go in there and you tell me that you're giving me everything that you got. I will never be mad at you. Mm-hmm. If you tell me that you tried to box out with every every ounce of those 80 pounds in your body, I'm not going to be mad at you. I just want you to try. If yeah. you fail, that's okay. We're going to figure it out from there. But you need a baseline. Don't suck. Don't be afraid to try new things. I had to give that speech. It felt right. Yeah, and, and don't be afraid to be optimistic. And then just learn to roll with it if things don't work out the ideal way that you think you want them to. Agreed. All righty. We will be back, not next week, but the week after with another show. We're going to take a week off next Friday. Um, some of us aren't available next week, so we're just going to take a week off and uh, and just cool a little bit with a little bit of quiet time as we get into our draft prep uh, mm-hmm. and positions of need and things like that. And Taylor said, like my parents taught me, as long as you absolutely try and give your best. And that's that's what that's, it. that's what people want out of, out of players, out of themselves. Oh. Uh, absolutely. So, yeah. We're gonna be we're gonna be diving head first into draft prep uh, in these coming weeks, and then 
Uh, when we get into March, we'll we'll be covering positions that we think the Packers uh, have positions of need. And then we get into April, and then it's mock draft time, and then it's the draft. So uh, yeah. we'll definitely be back for that. We're going to have some free agency stuff coming up in between there as well. Um, so we'll be back in the next couple of weeks, just just not next week. And uh, we'll be back on the 16th. So we'll see you guys then. And then Jake and I will also be back on Wednesday to talk about the Bucks and the Badgers. So we'll see you then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.